Well, Merry Christmas to you. I'm just so glad I didn't say good morning to you. (laughs) Welcome to our celebration of the birth of Jesus, Son of God, Savior of the world, Lord of heaven and earth. Welcome to all of you who have traveled some miles to be with family this Christmas celebration. We welcome you too, if you're a visitor to our worship service this evening. We welcome those of you who are worshiping with us from your homes via YouTube and uh, Facebook. We're glad you could join us also. I've already heard of uh, one report of uh, one couple who were able to uh, attend an earlier worship service somewhere across the country uh, with family there by by Zoom, by by YouTube. So uh, People are able to uh, attend services all over the country by staying in one place tonight, now these days. So, but it is good to gather together tonight. We are actually two congregations celebrating the birth of our Lord together on this Christmas Eve. Not only our Sunday morning congregation here, Grand Lakes Presbyterian Church, but also our Sunday afternoon congregation, Lakes Korean Presbyterian Church, has joined us in our earlier service and uh, in this service also. So uh, we welcome each other to our worship service this evening. Um, I have just a a couple of announcements. Thank you very much for the poinsettias that many of you provided. If you did uh, provide some poinsettias for us, you may take them home after this service. Uh, There will be some people entering maybe as we're exiting, and they're coming back from the 5.30 service to pick up some poinsettias too. So um, don't don't say you missed it. You know, don't say you missed the service. Um, A second announcement is that we will have a worship service Sunday morning, uh, about 38 and a half hours from now, Uh, but that's the way the calendar works this year. So um, Bev and I will be here and uh, we would love to have a couple of you join us for a Sunday morning worship service. I know there's going to be a number here, but uh, um, I, I invite you and welcome you. We will continue to address and focus on the birth of our Lord uh, Sunday morning also. Now I invite you to stand as we share our call to worship. Please stand. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those who he favors. Let us praise the Lord. Now you may be seated as the Jackson family comes to light our Advent wreath, or actually the candles on our Advent wreath. Don't light the wreath. The candles on our Advent wreath remind us that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, 
but have the light of life. Jesus fulfilled the word of God spoken through Isaiah. The people who walked in great darkness have seen a great light, and those who lived in land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Our Advent journey has helped us prepare the way of the Lord in our own hearts and lives. So tonight we will relight the candle that represents hope. And we relight the candle that represents the peace of the Lord. And the candle that represents the joy of the Lord. And the candle that represents the love of Christ. Now tonight, on Christmas Eve, we light the center white candle, the Christ candle, representing Jesus himself, the long-awaited Messiah, King of kings and Lord of lords, in whom all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Thanks be to God who gives us everlasting joy in Jesus Christ our Lord. Now let us stand and sing, O come all ye faithful.
be seated. you to join me now in our unison prayer of praise and confession. As God's church with one voice, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we gather to celebrate your birth in Bethlehem. 
We stand in awe before the miracle of your incarnation. You have made yourself known to us by becoming one of us. You have come to live among your people in the person of your Son and to be for everyone the light of the world. Yet we confess that our steps are often in darkness. As we gather this evening to celebrate the birth of our Savior, please forgive us. Fill us with your light, your love, and your joy once more. Help us to share the love and peace of Christ this season and in all the seasons of our lives. Amen. Please take these next few moments in silence for a personal prayer of confession. Lord, we thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, we thank you most of all for your Son, Jesus Christ, and in whom love incarnate was made known to us all. Amen. Hear these words of assurance. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The proof of God's mercy is found both in the manger and on the cross. In the name of Jesus, we are forgiven and loved. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Thanks be to God. Let us stand together and sing our Gloria Patri. Our worship format tonight, uh, many call Lessons and Carols, and there will be a number of scripture readings to serve as our lessons, and we'll follow each reading uh, with singing carols. And you're invited to remain seated for both the scripture readings and the singing. I know sometimes it feels a little weird just to sit and sing, but do invite you to sing along uh, with us during those songs. Our first lesson this evening comes from Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 and verses 6 and 7. Listen now to God's word. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this.
now a reading from the prophet Micah, chapter 5, verse 2 and verse 4. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. Our next lesson is from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
Our fourth lesson is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, and we read these wonderful words. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The fifth lesson we read tonight is also from the Gospel according to Luke, that same chapter, continuing the story Luke is telling us in chapter 2, and we read verses 8 through 20 now. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem 
and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. As I told the first congregation at 5.30, this last carol that we sang was actually a song for you to audition for the choir. And you all handled all those just perfect. Nobody stopped to take a breath. I was watching carefully. So just show up at 9.30 any Sunday morning And the choir will welcome you. Kristen will whip you into shape in a hurry. And you'll just sing, continue singing glory to God. Seriously, you're welcome. (laughs) It's not just funny. I chose for a title for our meditation tonight. The Wondrous Gift. The Wondrous Gift. And it comes from a line of the carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. If you were here last week, uh, you heard Tyler say a word about that carol 
and the composer, Philip Brooks. He was, as Tyler mentioned, a, an Episcopal minister, uh, served in Boston and in Philadelphia. Uh, he was in Philadelphia leading a congregation in the 1860s. And uh, he somehow wangled permission to leave his congregation at Christmas time. I can't understand how he did that. But they gave him permission to have a sabbatical, I suppose, and to go and visit the Holy Land. So he was there during the Christmas season. And he was in Jerusalem, staying there, uh, probably in 1860. The tourist trade had not increased greatly, and still there was no room in the inn for Philip. So he had to travel to Bethlehem by horseback, five or six miles. He was a big man, six foot six, and so uh, I always give thanks for that steed that took Philip Brooks there and got him back to Jerusalem because he uh, came back and then wrote that poem. I think he waited maybe two years to do it, and then he handed the poem to his minister of music uh, probably a couple of months before Christmas and said, see if you can come up with a tune for this poem and we'll sing it at the Christmas pageant. And his uh, minister of music wrestled with it and finally got something together and uh, rehearsed a children's choir, I believe. So on Christmas Eve of 1867, O Little Town of Bethlehem was first sung. And the third verse of that is the beautiful line, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. He is, of course, thinking of that great verse that Tyler read for our assurance of forgiveness, the marvelous verse in the gospel according to John chapter 3, verse 16, Lots of people remember it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believed in him should not perish but have life everlasting. What a gift. What a gift. Somehow or another, though it's Jesus' birthday, we all give each other gifts. This is an amazing time of buying and giving gifts in our families and to our friends. Inexpensive little tokens of friendship, great expensive gifts to someone or people in your family. Uh, perhaps you remember as a child a certain gift that was one of the best you ever got. When I was growing up, you couldn't top a pony. If you got a pony, that was it. Uh, nowadays, it's got to be a, a motorbike, uh, uh, electronics coming, coming off the wall, all kinds of stuff. Uh, sometimes, according to the automobile manufacturers, people actually give automobiles to their family members. Uh, at least the automobile dealers would like to see that. Uh, one year, 
I managed to uh, figure out that Audrey's car was due for a trade-in. And so I thought, okay, I'll surprise her and sneak it away during Christmas. And somehow I pulled it off and backed it out of the garage while she was getting up. And I put a bow on it. That was fun. Uh, but it was just another purchase of the car when it was supposed to, and I was paying for that for the next three years. So it <laughs> wasn't like I ran out and bought it. But uh, Christmas is a time that we give a lot of gifts to each other, and well, we should. It's gifts of love, for God has taught us to express our love with gifts to those we love. Why is the birth of Christ the greatest gift in the world. I stopped as I was thinking of that as being the greatest gift, and I wonder, are there some other gifts that were given to the whole world by someone or a few people? Who, who invented something that ended up being a gift to the whole world, their work, their, their creation? Sometimes it, it might have been a discovery. Uh, I mentioned at the first service, a Galileo uh, came up with the final understanding or the discovery that no, the earth was not the center of everything. We were in a solar system around the sun. Uh, that may have been a gift to scientists, but the average person out in the boondocks well, I don't see any difference, but so if you say so. Uh, but what other people gave a great gift to the world by their creativity, their hard work? Um, I mentioned and uh, thought of myself that a person named Joseph Lister, who was a surgeon in Great Britain in the 19th century, uh, was a was one of those who had understood that bacteria was something we did not know existed before the, uh, before the, the improvement of microscopes and the ability to see what we could never see before. Lister, though, uh, recognizing that many of those bacteria were defeating the efforts of surgery to save people's lives, only to see them perish because of infection, Lister came up with an antiseptic that transformed uh, surgery and modern medicine and was a, was a great gift to the world. There are other great gifts. I thought of the Wright brothers, how much we are blessed with being able to travel across the world in such short time because of flight and because of people like the Wright brothers who labored at it, studied it, stuck their necks out, got into that contraption, and took off. What are some of the other gifts, to, great gifts to the world? Today we would say the computer, how life has changed because of a little thing called a microchip and very few people know who was credited with inventing the microchip. I couldn't have told you before this week myself, but his, his name was Jack Kilby. And it was in the 70s 
78, I believe. And uh, I, maybe earlier, but uh, he was a professor of electrical engineering at Texas A&M University. I did not even know that. Woohoo! And uh, but uh, others who invented the cell phone. How many of us cannot imagine how we got along without a cell phone before this? There are people that have given wonderful gifts, but still, we're not holding our services in memory of the Wright brothers or Jack Kilby or anyone else. Why is Jesus the greatest gift the world has ever received? Is that just a, something Christians say? Well, yes, perhaps we, we are the ones that say that, but we say it's for the world, that he is a gift to the world. And I, I want to propose three aspects of Jesus that make him the greatest gift to the world. In this manger was a human being every bit as much as you and I, a helpless human being, barely born. And yet what that baby turned out to be was amazing. Uh, very few people had any clue as to what he would become. Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, a few others, but the world was not watching Mary and Joseph or celebrating that birth. But because he grew up and because of his life, how it was lived, what he said, how he died, how he was resurrected, we say that this is the greatest gift the world has ever received. And the first reason for that is this. Because of his life, we have a certainty that God exists. Now, people use different arguments to say there is a God. People use different arguments to say there is no God. People debate that. But we believe that God has come among us and made himself known to us, visible, audible, by touch, by time, hundreds, even thousands, came into his presence, witnessed what he could do that no human beings should be able to do, but that only God should be able to do, and they saw Jesus doing those things. That alone would not be enough, but he said things claiming to be God with us. I and the Father are one. If you believe in God, believe also in me. He equated himself with God, put himself on a level with God so that we came to understand that God is Father, Creator, but God is Son from the Father being with us 
coming and living among us so that we could know him. And now he is spirit living within all who welcome him. God enters the world in a most surprising way as an infant child of a young woman who was engaged to be married to a simple peasant carpenter in a very backwater town of Nazareth. God entered and said to a few people, some castaway individuals known as shepherds, doing a job that no one else would want to do. God said to them that a Savior had been born, the Messiah. And those shepherds did the very thing that God wanted them to do. Nowhere does our text tell us that the angels said, now you go. Now, now you all go. There was no command in their words. They just said, don't be afraid. We bring you good news. To you is born in the city of David a Messiah, the Lord. And here's how you will know which baby there is that baby. He's the one that's laying in a feed trough in a place for animals. And then they praised God and disappeared back into heaven. And the shepherds did exactly what God wanted all of us to do. The shepherds said, let's go and see. Let's go and see. Let's see with our own eyes if this is true. And they did. And they came away rejoicing. How would we know that story? Even at the end it says, Mary treasured all these things in her heart. What she heard from them, what she saw take place. She was no doubt the reporter of this incident of the birth of Christ to people like Luke who would write it down. Go and see. Come and see. See for yourself. One of Jesus' great followers was the writer of the gospel according to John, the apostle John. And he began, began his letter to all of the Christians by saying, that which we have seen with our own eyes, which we've heard with our ears, which we have touched, we make known to you. These people were as scientifically interested in the truth as we are. We have a lot more technology, but they were no dummies. They would not be convinced with something so fantastic without tremendous opportunity to witness it. But not just once, but again and again and again. Jesus is the greatest evidence for the certainty of the existence of God. He has been with us. The second thing about this, though, is that he is a great gift, not simply because he was making God known to us, but is what, what, what about God was he making known to us? And the second word I want you to remember after certainty is mercy. 
as Jesus, as this infant grew up, he grew up and began to minister there in Galilee, heal people, comfort people, resurrect people, or, or bring them back to life. So many things he did. And he was merciful in the way he lived with people. He was forgiving. He taught people that there are none who are uh, without sin. And he explained that he came to forgive people. It's the mercy of God that makes Jesus such a great gift. For the fact is, all of us need to have mercy for ourselves, not only before God, but for our own sense of well-being with things in our past. We need mercy and grace to live in families, to, to keep marriages together, to raise children, to be raised as children. Families are the great place to practice mercy and grace, forgiveness. And when Jesus said, we are the salt of the earth, I'm sure he had our mercy for one another is something desperately needed in all of the world. The world is at odds with each other. There's violence. There's oppression. Breaking that takes grace and mercy. That is, that is a, a huge feature of God who's become human and lived among us. And because God has that mercy and came and accomplished that mercy on the cross, we have the third great gift wrapped up in that manger. And that is because of the mercy of God, we have the presence of God. We have the presence of God here and now through his spirit living within us as he promised to all who received him. But we are promised also a future that is forever in the presence of God. God has shown that he truly exists, that his great nature is love and mercy along with truth, but mercy and grace, and that that enables us to enter into his presence. That enables him to enter into us and for us to join him in his presence in heaven forever. It's an amazing, amazing gift. And Philip Brooks was right. How silently, how silently it was given that night. So what do you do when you are given a gift? There'll be a few thank yous written in the next few days. There'll be phone calls. Thank you so much. There'll be hugs around the Christmas tree, I hope. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Dad. There'll be thank yous. When we are given a gift, the one who gives it to us takes great joy not just that we say thank you, but that we use the gift. 
grandparents and parents love to buy things for their children or grandchildren. We love to see them open it. Say, wow, okay, next. (laughs) No, we love for them to pull it out and say, oh, how does this work? Will you show me? We love to see them playing with it later on Christmas Day. We love to see them riding it months later. We love to see them wearing it. If, it, if they never use it, we know they really didn't care for it. So it is with us. How do we say thank you? We receive the gift of God's love in Christ. We invite him into our life. And it doesn't just begin and remembered. He's with us every day. Yes, we put him on the shelf sometimes. Tonight, other nights like this, and Sunday mornings, we catch ourselves and remember, forgive us, Lord, for walking away from you, trying to live without you. He came to give us himself, his love, his mercy, his presence, That is a wondrous gift. Thanks be to God for that great gift. Amen. Our ushers will come forward now to receive uh, your offerings. That is a way we say thank you to the Lord each time we gather for worship. And so this is an opportunity to uh, present a small gift to the Lord as an expression of gratitude.
congregations of Christians around the world tonight celebrate the Lord's birth and a part of their services uh, like ours really features light. You heard the Jackson family read that Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. One of the reasons we always light a candle for every service of worship throughout the year to remember that Jesus said, I'm the light of the world and why we light these candles as we do during Advent season. Jesus not only said that he was the light of the world, but he turned to those who were following him and said, now you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. And so our celebration of light tonight, you've each received a candle as you entered, and our ushers will now come forward as I explain to you our, uh, just a little bit. They, Tyler and I will light our candles from the Christ candle, and we will pass it to the four ushers. They will come to the outside in the aisles and pass to the first person in each seat. When you are receiving the light from someone else, you're the one that tips your candle. When you are passing your, a flame to someone else, you keep your candle straight up and down, and they will hold theirs over yours. So do that with the ushers as they come uh, to give you light that we receive from the candle, the Christ candle. We will sing Silent Night as we do this.
extinguish your candles, and if you'll please join me in a prayer of thanksgiving. Holy God, on this holy night we gather as friends and family, united by the bond of peace through your Holy Spirit. We have so much to be grateful for, the greatest of which is the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who is for us our prophet, our priest, and our king. Where our world seeks division, you work for reconciliation and peace. Where our world falls into violence, you bring healing and love. Where our world promotes greed and selfish gain, you desire humility and generosity. Lord, in this Christmas season, we give thanks for Jesus, and we ask that you grant us the strength to walk in his love and to share his light with all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us sing joy to the world. musicians tonight, those of you with voices, those of you on the in instruments, it, it was glorious music. You made great music tonight. It was fantastic. We thank those who served us as ushers. There are a lot of people helped put things together tonight, fixed candles, stuffed, stuffed bulletins, lots of things. Straighten the chairs. So thanks to all of those people. Thanks also to our uh, director of music, Kristen Reinerts. She is leading us tonight in music four days before her wedding. 
So we're happy about that. She has Sunday off. That's why I didn't mention her. So I figured she'd take, take a day off. Yeah, we're, we're excited for Kristen and Tim. So it's a joyful evening. Uh, in spite of things that have been difficult this year, some that are not with us this year, but we are so grateful that God has forever for all he loves and who have received his love. So go forth tonight with joy, with peace, with love for God and for one another. Tell each other. Tell God tonight. (laughs) And be blessed with the joy of Jesus Christ this night, the rest of 2021, and all the rest of our lives. Amen.